Believe it or not, it's a town called Flin Flon, exactly in the middle of Canada. Flin Flon is built on solid rock, and one of the first things we noticed were the boxed-in sewer pipes. Above ground, we'd never seen anything like it before. What up, Raphael Saray, Bebe here, Sewer Box Office Podcast, as we get set for part two of an epic chat with Trevor Gordon, Sitnik, Bablani, Kennedy, Onassis. Great talk about, well, how he wrapped up his life in the Mideast and then came up north. We'll get into how he was recruited to come to our community and what he faced when he got here and how the arts community is so daunting he had to take a break. We uh, talk about all about he had to get his gear here from the Mideast, and that's a story in its own right. All about how he's a big-time TV producer, putting shows on Shaw Cable, the band scene going on here in town, plus what he does with the musical community for the youngsters with his work at Hapnot School. It's another great chat with the man who makes everything sound better. Mr. Trevor Sitnik Gordon is our guest on the Sewer Box Office Podcast. Yeah, so it was, we, we were, we looked, when we decided to leave, we looked at, um, we had a friend in Morocco. He was a principal of a school there, but it just seemed like one of those places where we're going to have to work a little too hard. <laughs> Seems to be a trend here. Oh, just the lady who was kind of like the final save was just a little too much. Like, because it was a pay cut. But when you leave the Middle East, you're kind of going to take well, a pay. Yeah. So I'm okay. I understood the pay cut, but it was like less money, more work. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. Eight forty-five for that, class. This no. sounds. This sounds stupid. English going to be there at noon. Then we had a couple other interviews in Africa, and one we almost took a job in Mexico oh, wow. at a private school in the mountains in Durango. Um, Actually, last Christmas, we were in Columbia checking out a school, but we, we wanted to go far north if we were coming to Canada. Our first, we, we applied to schools, all the fly-ins, but honestly, even like last year, I was getting responses from that, some of those schools, and that was like years ago, just a different time schedule kind of thing where it's like one person said, oh, I'm sorry we didn't get back to you, but anybody who applies here, they normally just say they're going to take the job and then they don't show up and then we have to hire someone at the last minute so we just hire everybody at the last minute. I was well, like, there you go. okay. So we looked at Flint and I was like, well, it's not remote, remote. Because Lisa really wanted to go far remote. We have a Walmart. <laughs> uh, and so it was kind of like, well, this could be, it was kind of close to Dauphin, but there's a good five and a half hour buffer for Hurricane Marge, my mother, to to get there. It was enough of a distance that she couldn't be there every day, you know? Um, and so we kind of looked at it and we're like, well, this is like really good jobs. Um, really nice town, cool art scene. We kind of Googled, read the free, the token free press article. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. Um, you, you like emailed me going, yeah. what's the deal? I was, yeah. like, I, think, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. I, was, I was like, there's all these like weird high school people who play music, so if you like that, yeah. I, guess, you know, I remember that because I had to work and you were like, I'm going for lunch with a guy from yeah. school. I'm like, really? Yeah. yeah. I was like, damn it, I have to work. Yeah. I was, it was, um. Yeah, you met Greg East who just went, we need a place to stay. Oh, here you go. <laughs> yeah, just, he just gave us the keys to an apartment, to Tarun's place. Yes. He just let us stay in Tarun's place before Tarun moved there. He just gave oh, us the keys. I was like, okay. He's like, oh, I'll be seeing you. Don't worry. I was like, oh, okay. Just but, jiggle the handle in the shower and then you'll but, be fine. But we heard kind of, like, we applied and didn't hear anything for a while. But I guess they were changing the job, like, every two weeks because different people would fill a different one. And 
So I was kind of like, what the heck? Not even a reply. So I just emailed the superintendent because we were going to go to Mexico. And I said, hey, like, we're actually serious about this. So, like, you know, we got this job in Mexico. but And then it was, like, literally the next day, it's like, let's do an interview. And, like, at the end of the interview, it was like, okay, we're going to hire you and we'll hire Lisa. And I was like, you haven't even talked to Lisa. They're like, it's okay. We'll find <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I was like, well, she's going to want to talk to the – because we didn't know we were – we were moving across the world, the world like yeah. literally. And so we wanted to make sure what we were getting into. And it just happened. It happened super fast. It was just boom, boom. I, when I actually took the interview here, they asked, oh, you, oh I see you play music. Yeah, that, was, that seems to be a theme. That was literally, they talked to me about music for about five minutes. Every job, teaching, mining, <laughs> geological was, exploration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was literally, it was, it was like, Maybe one of the first things they asked me was about music. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> but but uh, it was just wild. They looked so tired that day. It was kind of at the end of this year when they were just exhausted. And I got off that interview and I said, well, that was, I'm never going to get this job. And it was literally an email to the job. I was like, what? I kind of told them after, like, you guys, that was like a rough Friday. I was like, oh, end of the week, we were tired, you know. And it was great. It was one of those great Skype interviews where one person, like, was really close to the camera and the other person was really... <laughs> it's like the old shopping channel where it's, like, stop motion. <laughs> well, I didn't know what was going on. It was, uh... And, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. That's the perfect interview. Like, that is the, yeah, that is the perfect Flynn Flood interview just a little off a little crazy a little interesting you can't really figure out what the heck's going on that's that is this place honestly um so then we we decided okay we're gonna move here and i'm sorry do you have questions no you, well uh, they're kind of being answered as we go <laughs> along we, we, we have questions i'll have your initial thoughts of the town okay 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 i'll get um so um i was I think how do you was, get all your stuff? I'm just asking logistically. How do you get all your stuff? Music stuff? Or, or all your stuff from Kuwait woo! to Flynn That Just the oh, logistics of that, it. I could do a whole podcast <laughs> on that. Um, we had... Uh, our school gives you... A, if you stay there long enough, you get a moving stipend. And if you're moving from out of province in Flynn School Division, you get a moving stipend. So two stipends. Uh-huh. <laughs> So we decided we couldn't. We you said the one of the things about teaching there is you sell your apartment to another teacher. Oh, oh my! So you kind of our our like factory was uh, sold to a Ukraine <laughs> this Ukrainian guy who actually we actually met him up in uh in Estonia this summer. We met up with Alexei right before he was off to see his dream airplane, the Ukrainian, the biggest plane in the world. Anyway, we <laughs> sold our apartment to him. So we sold all the furniture, and I basically just took personal items, clothes, and musical equipment, and we put them in boxes maybe a little smaller than a stove big packing boxes and wrapped them and wrapped them and had to put what was in a detailed list of everything i think yeah. i had values on them and they were used and then you you get them shipped you pick, call some guy and he shows up at your house and takes them and you hope they show up <laughs> and then and then what happens is you get the scam that everybody gets is they call you and they say oh we got your stuff held at customs but we're a clearing company we can clear customs for you if you just accept the fee oh dear and the fee is like they, they pretend everything's brand new and you're importing into the country. And then after they say, oh, we didn't know that. Sorry, but you still have to pay us. So I actually had to go to the port of first entry, which luckily was Vancouver. Our goods came through Vancouver. Wow. So and we flew into Vancouver back to Canada. Oh, wow. So I had to go to the customs in the Vancouver airport and find my goods and declare them. 
as uh, used goods, and then I didn't have to pay anything. Oh, wow. And then they met us on, they took the train all the way to Dolphin, oh, and my wow. mom picked them up in there. It was a, it was so, it was going to be like $4,000 of, of customs if we didn't. Oh, my yeah, and it was unnecessary. It's just a scam that everybody runs on you. But if you enter where your goods enter, you can declare them right there. So it kind of worked out. I almost had to take a trip to another port. Yeah. It's first port of entry. You have to declare your goods. Very tricky. So all the stuff showed up in Dauphin, and we rented a U-Haul, went to Ikea, loaded up, and then drove up to Flintwon. But before, I want to say it was March, because we accepted the job maybe March, maybe May, maybe it's one of the M's, you know? November. I, I, it, was probably, I, it was probably May because I, I saw you and it wasn't egregiously cold as March tends to be. But I got an email. No, I moved, I came to Flint Flon at the end of June. That's when I came oh, here. Okay. But I got an email, I think it was months before we ever, in, we weren't even in Canada. Because they, they put your name in the paper. Yes. When they sign a contract with the teacher, your name shows up in the paper. And Mark Cole. There we go. I swear to God, I just think he goes through every new person in town and sees if they play music. Because I got an email that was three pages long, <laughs> and it had the plan. Wow. This is what we're doing. When you get to town, you're playing the Hooter. <laughs> you're booked before he said, in the just country. Like that. He said, pick a dozen, because he saw videos and stuff online and website and all of this crap. And he looked it all up. He knew my songs. He knew <laughs> You know, he was like, oh, yeah, you're and he said, charting new ones. So he said, he said, put down 12 songs you want to learn, and I'll find a band here, and you'll show up and we'll play. And I get to Flin Flon, start teaching, go to Dave Gunn's shop, rugged sitting on a little oh, toy electric drum kit in Dave's shop. I walk in with my guitar, unstrum, I, I, I unpack, I kind of strum a couple chords. We go through about three songs. I look at the, the, he says, what key do you do this and this, 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 this? He goes, okay, we're good. <laughs> Rehearsal. Bean, Beaner wasn't even there. Oh, he couldn't God. make it. So they're like, oh, there's going to there's gonna be a bass player. To, oh, okay. <laughs> and I literally didn't meet Beaner. I didn't even, because I was so like out of it. I show up to the Hooter. We set up. We start playing. And all of a sudden, this guy, for the first chorus of the first song, walks up behind me and starts singing these perfect, squealy high Keith Richards background, like the old good Keith yeah, Richards, like, and it's Beater, and he's just wailing, singing these, and I was like, nice to meet you, man, like, and it's literally in our sentence, but he, he's like, we're gonna play at Johnny's, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna get you involved here, this, that, 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 and then I sent, like, a three-page, I'm good at those Mark Colt emails, too. that's my email normally, like, I send three-page emails, so I was, like, right back at you, and, and it was good, but yeah, before I ever stepped foot here ever packed anything i had gig at the hooter wow. it was it was just instant like it was just yep. get here start playing here's some guys you have no idea <laughs> Whew, that was fun that was a wild introduction but yeah we met at um we met at the chi where did we get we got chinese food somewhere didn't we no it was the royal okay think, yeah, the working man's burger okay <laughs> yeah. and that was our first impressions yeah, of the town yeah that was, and then greg east popped by and he was my landlord at the time and he just threw you guys keys and was like teacher fine golden and yeah because they were went. trying they were trying to recruit us oh yeah they put the charm offensive yeah, on yeah. to go and so um yeah i mean the place is beautiful because i'm i'm from dauphin right Everything hills, I, I've seen. Hills. Well, even in the desert, it was just flat, right? Like, 
So this was really wild for me. I never drove over a hill. <laughs> you know? so it was wild. I got winter tires. I was so excited. I was like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm a big kid. Yeah, all seasons a lie. That's a dirty. That's a death trap. It's a suicide trap. Communists and suckers. Tire drives you. So, uh, what was your first sort of impression of Johnny's Social Club, local speakeasy in town? Well, the first time I went to Johnny's was for the beginning of Rocky. The first Rocky they did. Oh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, and they were... Not the uh, Al Paulo Creed. (laughs) (laughs) Who would that be, Lane versus who? (laughs) Who would... Bubba, I guess. Um, So we... uh, So uh, they were having a hard time with the sound. Yes, that's what I have here. How, what was your first show, Johnny's? And we're, uh, how were you in spiffying it up? Well, that was it. Was just I got in there and they were kind of too far in to rewire everything. Yeah, because Brent had tried to do it the first way. I oh, think. and it was it was it was an old school. Yes, it that's was what old Brent school. Did that, yeah. It was an old mixer and an old setup, and it was uh, it was good, but it was for for. For a five-person band show, it was great. But for a twenty-person mega musical <laughs> adaptation, it wasn't great. And so I made it through that show with that. And then I think the next day, I just gutted everything and I just brought all my equipment because <laughs> I have like a whole, literally a building we used to milk, take the milk in the milk house. That was my old rehearsal studio. Uh, so I just took all my gear from there from Dauphin, brought it up, and just set up monitors, couple subs, a new mixer, brought my lights. And said, okay, let's try this, you know? And uh, just never looked back. It's, and then it just keeps getting better. Like it's, And then you did the stuff for Grease. Uh, you were called in to do sound stuff. How was that going to the, the big time, the, the Madison Square Garden of Flynn Flynn? That was, uh, well, that was, that was wild. Because um, in Dauphin, we did a production of Grease back in the day. Oh, and I was, Danny, I was oh, Danny. I was Danny at it. So, right, so it was very familiar and eerie. Like it was just very <laughs> surreal seeing the same musical like 15 years, 20 years later. I don't know how long. Was, was yours Let's say 10 a, years yeah, later. Yeah, was, no, you're was right. Was yours an elaborate production? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was. We had a real car. Oh, really? We oh. took my dad out of 57 Plymouth and we went out there with blowtorches and blowtorched it off the frame, built a new frame, lifted it on the stage, put lights in it. Like it was. We overdid it. Like it was. It was when we paid our sound producer in alcohol, <laughs> um, which I think they kind of did. They they kind of did here too. Hearty handshake, but he uh, he converted his money into alcohol. But yeah, it was it was fun. The, the the mixer they have there is pretty amazing, and I guess some of the problem was the guy who did it before didn't really want to use that mixer because it was a little old, but it was very powerful, right? Well, that's the one. They, that It had a brownout when yeah. they did Les Mis, so I think they were a little gun-shy about it. So I made them dig it out about two months because they weren't getting this guy again for the the The, the, on, the, the remount, the revival, yeah. Right. So, um, so they, I said, you got to take it to my house. Like, I need to learn this thing because it's, it's not a user. It's the least user-friendly thing I've ever used, but it's really powerful. But it was like the first digital mixer with that kind of power. So it's the, the screens to go through to find like something as much as like changing the EQ. It's like 
it's an endeavor. Like it's it's really not pleasant. Sit there with the book and, and the battery and the battery was dead inside of it. Oh so I had God. to I had to take like like sixty screws off and like put a like coat hanger in and abort the old <laughs> battery. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that was bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then did that and got it working and learned how to use it and. Um, Whew, that was a that was fun. I, honestly, it was it was kind of a piece of cake once I figured it out, because I could just program the scenes and yeah. go next, next, yeah. next, next, next. The sound check was the hard part, and then once I got it checked, it was uh, they cut the show could run itself like uh, chimps in suits, man. Because <laughs> when they did Les Mis, everything browned out and it came back and nothing was saved, so they were doing stuff on the fly. Yeah, so it could be it could be a real high high wire act. Yeah, I don't I. Yeah, that wouldn't that be would a suck. that wouldn't be a pleasurable. The only thing I had going for me is that I knew the play really well, yeah, well too, exactly. so it was easy. That like helps. it was, I knew who was coming on. I knew, so it was fun. Like I just kind of rolled with Singing it. Singing along. Yeah, it was great. It was. It was. It was fun. I mean, that was a, a cool experience. So it must have been something to be accepted because we have a musical community here, and you were just pretty much thrown right into the ocean of it. Yeah, it was. I think the fact that I, I came, I think I started on a musical year. It was, no, last year was my first year. I don't remember. Well, we would have been, everybody would have been like rehearsing Greece or, yeah. But it was, it was very much like they needed people to produce shows too. So I said, well, I'll do a country night and I'll do these loaded mics and I'll do this. And people are like, yes, please, you know. And some, sometimes you get a producer that's chaos and sometimes you get a teacher who's, a control, a control freak, yeah. only child, and yeah, and, toys, yeah, and yeah. they were and they were on board. Like, do another, do do this, do that, and then it just kind of led to because you got to kind of work your way in with different people. There's certain different little groups of people, but eventually you just kind of wear them all out, I guess, with just persistence, piss and vinegar, and it's just uh, I don't know. I just elbowed my way in. No, I'm kidding. That was it was very welcoming, but having the gear. And, um, well, you have this experience. Yeah. Like I'm not the best singer. I'm not the best guitar player, but I have a really fun time and I know my way around. Like I know what I'm doing and how to not screw up, I guess. Cause you got some monster players. There. Well, that's what I'm just going to talk about the, the talent here. I guess like, uh, guys like Brent Lethbridge, I think you guess you met early and it's like, Oh my goodness. We have a guy who is like toured nationally yeah, and it's right a... in our insurance yard here. <laughs> um, yeah, Brent can rip. And he always pretends he can't. I oh, I'm on my Totally. He sells himself oh, short. Only my, my wife's performed, you know, with Joni Mitchell mm-hmm. and the Ronstadt and the Eagles. And no, stuff. and that, that was the thing, too. I never met Sue for the longest time because she was sick when I moved here. That's right. And that was kind of one of the reasons I think Brent was going to do a show and then he just couldn't. It just wasn't going to work. So I think that was like a way to kind of get in. And we kind of had this bond because, you know, he takes his shows very seriously yeah. and then you're going to fill in. It was kind of like a, a, a connection there. Um, and then I finally got to meet Sue and got to see Sue sing and stuff. And I was just like, wow. Like, and then you got Mark. Yes. Mark, Mark Holt, who, uh, can put together everything. He's sort of like the, the Paul Schaefer. He's the musical director <laughs> yeah. and just charts everything. And if, even if singers don't know music, <laughs> he will make it yep. as easy as pie for them. A monster player though. And just, interesting yes though. he's just an interesting because sometimes i don't care like music's cool but sometimes it's all the other stuff you know like it's i want to debate random political yes. 
ideologies from 40 years yes. ago one day. Like it's, we will discuss the Scottish Enlightenment versus the French Enlightenment. I love it, though. I love it. I love someone you could... You could like, we're normally... That's one of the only problems I always have with people I'm in bands with is that you're too busy working to ever actually get to enjoy people. And so it's, it's rare that you get to pick someone's brain when you're playing with them because you're too damn busy. It's like, we got 25 songs to learn and then we got another 25 songs. Yeah. Like, I, I just got a taste of the insanity in this last... I guess six months before I took off for the summer, and it was like a well, because this was Pink Floyd, this was Fifties Night, this was just it goes on. And well, on and there was on. jazz nights. There was, That's right. And there's something like it was just and the slot three and four band. It was just it was just nuts. So it was, I think it was up to 180 songs in six months. And it was just, and that's nothing compared to what these guys. No, I think, like, I think lefties are five hundred. Yeah, no, like so I can't complain. Like, who am I so gonna, you're just slacking off. But but for for um, oh, I don't know, man. There's some talented. Well, there's Imriana Jones who yeah. can do the harmonies. You got uh, I'm gonna have to. The Golden to, Boy, Craig Bancroft, and Dean can Dean, play. Craig, yeah, Craig's kill, Craig. Craig reminds me of like the drummers I've had in my bands. Just cool guys too. Deed's cool too, but Deed's. Dean's like on a different plane sometimes, yeah, you know, the, man. He's the human version of animal. I'm oh, too. Like and yeah. I'm also like I'm kind of like I'm not the brightest guy when I'm playing music. I'm bright in my own regard in other stupid places, but D kind of always like intimidates me. Like, Hi, Dean. Um, but he's always so like he's thinking. He's always thinking, and I music to me is, doesn't have a lot of thought unless it's anger. I, that's my thought when I play music is is anger. Um, then you got uh, Lane Ladderoot, Flynn Flon's Flynn Flon's handsomest man. Lane and I clicked instantly too because he's friends with Bruce LaPere. He's Bruce LaPere's his um, cousin, I think. Yeah, well, he's, he runs the radio station in Dauphin. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so we do Bruce and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was like, oh, this guy likes Elvis, doesn't he? And I love Elvis. And it was just... You're like Elvis. It's, I like it's Elvis un- yeah, and it was like, we're going to do a 50s night. And like, we showed up, we knew every song. Like, it was just, it wasn't really a rehearsal for us. You know, it was... Yeah, him and I really click on a lot of levels musically. There's so, so much talent. I don't want to leave anybody. Well, I know. That's I'm just I, doing the hits here. But I mean, Trubiac, uh, Troubadour, and, and working with him on his album. Yeah. Were you? Was that like done in your studio? Type yeah, show? it was. Man, that was fun. I've never met. If you want to learn how to make an album, ask Cece. Uh, kids, kids, kids up there. Um, <laughs> because he was organized, and that's ninety percent of the battle with with. Well, not ninety, but it's a lot. It's. You can have the tunes and you can have the players, but if you can't know what you're doing what day and you don't know what you're doing, uh, there's sessions when people showed up and didn't know what they were doing, and you get one chance at that with CC, and then the next time you showed up, you knew what you were doing, because it wasn't he wasn't going to yeah he wasn't wasting time. He came in organized. We had plans, you know, week by week, hour by hour, what we were doing, and it all got done. There was no like, you know, everything we want a contractor fixes your house. It's four months late and twice the price. Yeah. No, it was none of that. It no, was this. This is what it's going to be, and it, and it stuck to it. He had a vision. He was he was rehearsed before he ever started. He knew how he wanted to sing it. He'd go to people's houses and practice with them individually. Bring them in, bang, bang, bang. It was no time wasted. It was super productive. Really clear vision. He didn't let anybody get in his way. Um, just a passionate guy. So fun to work with him. And the, and the people he knows, right? Like, it's it was fun to bring more people in. Our, my, our house was like a recording hangout place for months. It was like that Hall & TV show. <laughs> <laughs> they did that. Actually, we recorded that. What's that? Um, um, Star of Bethlehem, Mark's song. Oh, the oh, song, yeah. you know, we recorded a demo of that to send away. 
and it turned into like, oh, we're just going to play the piano. Hey, guy, you're going to make me really sick, eh? <laughs> nah, it's okay. Um, but um, we, we recorded that one Christmas, and it started out as, I'll go play piano, and then we'll get these people to sing, and then it turned into, we're going to get all the harmony sections of the different parts of the choir to show up in 30-minute intervals and record their harmony parts in sections. So it was, I think there was like 40 people waiting to go downstairs and do their section over and over at Christmas. It was like a Christmas party at our house. It was really fun. It was, I kind of didn't tell Lisa. And uh, all of a sudden there was literally 40 people at our house. Who are all these people? But they were in good, everybody was in a good mood. But that was sure a fun experience. And that was kind of, there's definitely a need for that here. There's, there's. um, Well, there's a want and a need. Yeah. I really feel like a dream project here would be to, um. Just find everybody and take one song off them and record it and put it on an album. Like, get everybody that writes music in town. Give me one song, come over, let's record it in a day or two. Do 12 of those songs and sell it at Johnny's and buy a new PA system or send somebody to New York to that kind of... Because I think people would really support that. I've got my own things I want to do too first, so I can't do that right now. My real dream job is to get a little recording van and drive around Canada and do that. Go to every small town because there's always a guy in a town yeah, or a lady that has like us. CBC radio show. Man. You have a song or yeah, two because make yeah. it ten songs. Ten, in your, yeah. It's hard, but everybody's got one, one trick song, up there. Yeah. Give me your one song, you know, and tell me a good story. And then I'm going to go to the next town and I'm going to get a good song and a good story. And we'll we'll find a drummer. We'll record it. We'll make it all work, you know. And I think that'd be cool. I feel like Flintflower would be a great place to kind of do that because there's everybody – is always trying to do big projects, but it's so busy. There's just so much uh, yeah. here. The art scene kind of just consumes you. Oh, it really does, yeah. That's, That's why I have to leave for summer. Like, I literally booked my trip to, like, I'm not in the country. Like, I'm not, I'm going to be gone for six weeks. I'm going to be in Russia, you know, like I'm. The... Well, we do the Blueberry Dance, and that's that's really that. that's. And I was like, I'm no, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna book my trip, so I can't do it because I would otherwise, right? I had to make sure because it'll. You got to take a step back once in a while, unless you're Mark. No, uh, then... <laughs> Mark, Mark and Crystal, hundred miles an hour, twenty four seven. And I and I talked to Mark one time, and I I just said, you know, like this is an intense phase, and he just kind of looked at me straight face. He's like, well, with Brandon gone, I'm probably just gonna do more yeah it's like all right it's like, well, you can't handle it buddy and it's like i don't know i can yeah. <laughs> there is no but it's like all right good to know like so wow. less of less. so with, with 50s night and uh, as we are recording this this is probably on shaw cable as we speak right it now. was just before i left i was looking it was on shaw so, channel 11 yeah, kids channel 11 on your uh, we always watch for we, we always dad. watch for you as you can see yeah. us dance you can see uh, a beardless kevin emery which is very Ooh. you can see his jowls shimmering yeah late heckles us yeah, Yes, uh, Craig not, doesn't never not smile, which is an amazing feat for half hour oh. show. So, is that a plan to do these like TV specials? Because it's like it's kind of like Lawrence Welk and Ed Sullivan all, all together there. I've got some more plans for that. I kind of was one of those things I took on that was a little too much to do by myself. But uh, well, I love the credits are like produced by Trevor Trusted, Sydney, well, directed by Trevor. Sydney. It was a lot of hours. <laughs> I had to. It took more time editing and mixing than it did to play the show and yeah. learn it it was just i didn't realize how much work it was going to be but it was uh it was a handful but i want to do something for the stones i've actually got some students in brandon who recorded a show in dauphin and it turned out okay but they really want to learn and they actually saw what we did here and they're like could we come and film and you can maybe show us and then they'll go do the work this time yeah. which is so i might get them yes. to do for the stone show i i'd like to give shaw or somebody you know, a show every couple of months of decent quality. 
just to put on because it's cool. And there's yeah. some people that can't leave their house and they yeah. don't get out. And, and everybody, people who are there will watch it. Yep, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just another way. I want to. I actually want to. I've looked at uh, streaming. Yeah, I'd like to stream shows right from the board. Pay per view. <laughs> just put just put a Facebook live yeah. stream with a mix from the board, and one camera up on the ceiling, and just have live shows streaming for friends and family that live in other places. Well, because also like you, everybody has people out of town. Everybody's from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's. I just. I just want to keep making it bigger and more ridiculous, <laughs> uh, because I I feel like this is like. It's like, a big. Sandbox, basically, it's a big playpen type of a town, and it's it's not gonna like it won't sound sad, but it can't last forever. Like, no, yeah. it might come and go in different yeah. phases, but I want to capture and document as much of this. Yeah, everybody who's here yeah. and willing and everywhere I go, though, every people I see, like when I met my buddy overseas, what are you doing? Music, <laughs> like what's going? Do you play all the time? I'm like, yeah, yeah actually, so and, I'm in twelve and, different and all of my musician friends in Dauphin and Toronto, they're just like what going on like like so like what do you play i'm like oh it's like you know three nights sold, sold out, out back Pe- to back people to back, yeah. line up for yeah, tickets because yeah. they're crazy like it's something special i actually i have a friend right now pitching an article kind of for mclean's about oh. the yeah he got the cover a couple of months ago so uh he's kind of working on a nice little feel-good story about kind of the ridiculous art scene here right now and like just there's so many branches of it. It just well because we did the It's a Wonderful Life radio show, and this year on the Royal MTC schedule, they're doing It's a Wonderful oh, Life as radio. a radio show, and they're doing it exactly like and you I did. was like, come on, we did this first. They should just hire you. I know. I heard that on the radio yeah. as I as I was leaving town. Yeah. I heard the proposal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. We well, had to. T- set the sound I us, set so. it up and then I had to go to. Yeah. Uh, uh, Colombia. Yes, I was going to. to I was going to Colombia, so I was. And he's listening. He's like, "Is the reverb good?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, it was uh, wild. But it's. I want to just keep pushing it, making it bigger and bigger and bigger, and more documented and higher quality and more polished and. Well, that's why we're doing this podcast. We because we're like Canada's best kept secret. Let's tell people the secret. Yeah, and I. I it's got to be let out of the bag like this. Well, the last ham sandwich meeting I was at, we were talking about the feasibility of setting up cameras from multiple points of view to try to capture some of these performances as well, right? Like not just musical stuff, but like, to, you know. Oh, to get, get a play. You've got to have like, you know, a guy here and a guy here. Totally doable though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like some of my theater classes and my music classes now could help with stuff like that too. Well, that's what we were going to ask Absolutely. about because now you are a, a mentor to the local uh, transient youth. Was, uh, how, 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 how did it start to you do your school of rock with your slot three band and stuff? That was why I didn't even propose that. Like it was, uh, Brent Bedford just came up to me and said, so do you want to do a couple classes next year? You just do, teach them how to play songs and record. And cause it seems like, you know what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And I'm like, you're going to pay me to do it. He's like, yeah, do it. And it turned out like it went from zero to a hundred really quick. The kids just bought in. Like it was holy they were the first couple of weeks they learned how to set up all the pa and do all the mixing i think uh like like jacob mixed the last show there because it's the same mixer that i got at the school they gave me uh dean i think dean was retiring <laughs> oh, and, dean Grove? yeah and so he kind of had a little budget and he was just like there you go and i was like yeah 
<laughs> he's like, see you later. And he like, closes the door and throws me a check. You know? it, was, it was great. It was just like magic money at the end of the school year to buy a studio. And like, like we put it to use. We didn't waste. Like I find a lot of cool things in schools that were never opened, yeah. you know, 30 yeah. years later. And like, I know this stuff is... Oh, it's floppy disks. Hey, yes, something we can use. Yes, it's, it's getting used. And it was just... They wanted to... I, we kind of did some recording and we did a couple music videos at Johnny's just to get them used to doing multicam setups and recording a song and then lip syncing to it and then cutting the angles. Oh, wow. Right, so we did that uh, just because it was fun for them. But they really... What they really wanted to do was play shows live. They weren't as... Inter- some of them wanted to do writing, but for the most part, I kind of imagined it to be something else, but they just want a gig. Oh, yeah. And like ser- seriously gig. Like... um. I couldn't believe the quality either. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. They're good, yeah. No, they could go play a bar. Oh, like, yeah, no, they're good. We saw they, they played the, the outdoor oh, children's fest. Yeah, and yeah. we across the street. Yeah, they played the Hapnot Theater. That was a Johnny's. heck of a show. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, the machine and stuff. And the, and the, and the I mean, like, the, um, the one on Main Street, that was their, like, they kind of had to, they never played in a situation where it wasn't all their gear. So yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a little bit rough sure, at the start, yeah. but it was a good learning no, experience. it was fun, yeah. And they all did it. That was after school was done. But they got, and it was a paid gig. Like, they got paid as musicians. I think they got 50 bucks each yeah, to go. Yeah, the Trump Festival flower, Children's Dance. Oh, Flower, flower Power. Flower Power Festival. The flower power, they, it was the Children's Dance thing for Trump Festival. Oh, was Beach it? Ball Night, yeah. But, but they played three gigs, and uh, they almost played at the air show. I think they were thinking about it, and they want to start gigging when we get back. They're going to, like, they'll do Halloween, Remembrance Day, some kind of Xmas excitement, and then probably a private show of their own at Johnny's. Just because they want to keep playing, sure. and a lot of the kids are are returning. There's a good group returning. A couple new students. We got one student who just wants to learn the technical side of things, um, and the videos. She's really interested in videos, so that could be another thing that could help you out with the theater productions. But it's it's like a little army, yeah. just a little rock and roll army, oh, and and they're so committed. And there's nobody that does this. Like no, this is very. I like the last <laughs> thing I can remember is CP Express from Brandon. If you've ever heard of them. It was, a, it was high school bands that toured Manitoba, and I feel like we're almost oh, yeah. we're almost on that level oh, yeah. where we could get on a bus and go put on shows around Manitoba. Um, they're pretty good. Like, yeah, they got, and they got oh, yeah. performance shows. Yes, they really buy in, and they push each other, and everybody learns whatever it takes. There's very few, I think there's only maybe one song I played in that I didn't have to, and that was more out of like... To, stick it to the kids because it started off one kid wanted to do a country song and nobody wants to do this country they were too cool i was like well i play country music and this is a fun song to play and then i played it for about two or three rehearsals and then they're like well can i can i play it and i was like no you're too cool i'm playing this man like this is my song now you're too cool for country so it was a little bit of a lesson for them but they can they can oh i need a drummer well i'll learn how to play the drums for this oh can you play bass on this okay can somebody do the synthesizer yeah okay and it was just like they all just swarm around to figure out and then a song happens you know and it's just and then they want to play them out so i I feel like we're going to get a lot of gigs with them this year and now with the drama class like i didn't have a drama class last year but i do this year it's a real class it's not a club it's a it's a course and i'm trying to maybe get them to work together to do like a small musical like where they write and act and put on a production at the end of them because they run very close to each other and it's a lot some crossover enough to I can't believe it's a job when people ask, like, this is your job. I felt so cheesy. I was talking to somebody in France on the school trip, 
the, the leader of the thing, and I like I said with a big grin, like I have the best job in the world, and I forgot that Constance was sitting right next to me, and I I, I felt like I'm not sucking up, and I forgot you were here, and I felt so cheesy, but she just had a big grin on her face too. I'm like, this is unbelievable, like this job slash rock promoter this is, slash motivational speaker. It's crazy. It's it's and we go to Johnny's for rehearsals sometimes, like because gears there. You just walk and, down yeah. the street, and there you are. Um, Wild! It's wild. I, I can't. I can't believe that's a thing. Like, hey, you want to teach kids to do the thing they love and let them and do you it? Like too, and yeah, you can, and you can feel, feel all proud afterwards. Oh, it's unbelievable. Be emotionally fulfilled. Like, yeah, and a lot of those kids need it because there's a lot of other classes that maybe aren't their cup of tea. Yeah. Like realistic. Who are we kidding? Right? Like yeah. it's this is get, get a little rough in there. But in that environment, you know, everybody can have their bad day and everybody else is going to have theirs too, but they get along in the end. I thought they'd all kind of kill each other, you know? <laughs> so but much angst. There's a lot no, of they, teen angst in these They songs. really well, work it's together. it's kids band together because like when I did the kids um, acting classes, the youngsters, you know, like age 7 to 11 year olds, they came together right, right, right away, you know? They were like, you know, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I want to be this character, I'm going to be the director, I'm going to be the stage manager, I'm going to make a prop, I'm going to build a thing oh and stuff. And this little group of children, you know, they just pulled it all together, figured it all out, and, and just hit the yeah, ground running. I always expect the worst, you know? Yeah, I always expect, oh, this is going to be, it's just like, oh. Well, they did play Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> you know they did that as a... I know, <laughs> as a spite. Yes. I know that something was amiss when they played. And you were like, are you kidding, you meddling kids? <laughs> oh. So as we're uh, winding down here, I have some actor studio-like questions. Okay. Uh, what is the best gig that you've performed that was sort of almost transcendent that you got off after going, I don't know how I did that, that, you know, there was may have been some other body experiences? What was the one gig that was sort of like, whoa, if I could only bottle that every night? Um, probably at Country Fest one year. There was a, I think it was... I don't know what year it was, but it was one of those contests, and we just just killed, and we had a big local crowd, um, and we had a tight band. It was just just like ten thousand people. No, or, uh... but we did play. We got we won, and we got to play the okay, amphitheater. Totally. So we got to play for a couple thousand people for sure. Probably two or three. It was in the early slot, but it was still, still like still, yeah. it was pretty wild. It was the biggest gig until the Kuwait Mall, I think. <laughs> and that was another one. Like I don't know why, but sometimes when it's like I may, I guess because I like sports and I play sports and coach and so sometimes when there's a little element of competition, like I just want to kill someone, you know. <laughs> and I'm and, and and singing a show one night is easier than doing it, you know, three nights in a row. So when you just have one big gig, you could really just let it rip, right? And have some fun. And those those kind of like big title fight things were yeah, real. I don't know. It's, it's really weird, but they were really fun. Um, I've had other little intimate kind of stuff that was pretty special. Like that night the power went out. That was a an awesome event. But, you know, something I get amped up, I get amped for, for weird competition kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, I'm screwed up in the head. <laughs> and the question that everybody hates, but I love asking... Uh, name three people, living or dead, that you would like to collaborate with. Okay, I've heard this question, but I never <laughs> could pick 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 anyone. Um, I don't know. I want. Um, there's a guy named Howie Epstein, and he played bass for the Heartbreakers, 
He oh, was a junkie. Yeah, we watched this documentary. Yeah, was he in Mudcrutch first? Mudcrutch. No, no, he was. He was. Um, he came in a little later to the Heartbreakers. Oh, was he from Dion and the or from yeah, he uh, did Del with, Shannon? Yeah, he did with yes. them. Uh, and he uh, he was Johnny yeah. Cash's son-in-law. Yeah. Oh, okay. True. Yeah, they stole Del Shannon's bass player. And yeah. he was a he was kind of he was a junkie, but he played guitar. But my favorite bass players are normally people who play guitar because they play it kind of like a guitar. I don't want to think too much about bass when I'm playing. If somebody shows up to hear the bass, that's not what I want. It's like, if oh, you hear the drummer in that band? It's like, wow, that bodes well. I'm just a jerk. I don't think about music. Like, I go to a music store. Like, the last people I want to ever like my music is musicians. musicians. That's the last people I could care about on the earth. Um... But, he's, like, he's like the musicians, musicians, because everybody else thinks he sucks. Yeah, I'm the Norm Macdonald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Comedians, comedians. He's like, all the comics like him, but everybody else thinks he's garbage. Um, Favorite Norm Macdonald joke. What? How, how do you shatter a backboard? Tell it it's adapted. <laughs> Two more. Okay, wait, so, so Howie Epstein uh, playing bass, and he has the, the best backing voice. Him and Keith Richards are my favorite background singers. When Keith could sing, uh, his scream and wailing harmonies in the background of some of those songs are amazing. But I take Howie. Um, yeah, you would too. See, that two for Howie. Pussycat dolls. Um, and then probably my old drummer in Kuwait, Burke. Burke Reed, great drummer. Uh, for me, drummers, it's not about how you like. I mean, my music isn't that complicated. It's about your personality. That's why I love Craig. I love D. But but Burke was a guy that was like when the show was over, you could talk about the meaning of life with. And when you're when you're out on the road or you're playing gigs in random places, you need somebody that you like your brain can move. And Burke was just out there, man. He was he was on a whole different astral plane kind of thing. And so I just dug him. He would add cool little things, but he'd keep it simple. And then everything else was complicated. You know, everything but the music was complicated with Burke. And I love him. He's still out there. I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, and probably the, uh, the rhythm guitar player from Guns N' Roses, Izzy Stradlin. The, the, o- the only, the, the best musician in Guns N' Roses. But he's not playing with them anymore. But all the cool songs, anything that had any like, artistic integrity that wasn't kind of comical, Izzy wrote. And his solo albums, actually good. Um... So I don't know. Probably those three, I guess, would be the three guys I'd like to jam with, and probably Mark Colt on keyboards. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we gotta, we gotta get something done. <laughs> Eventually, you know, the mic's gonna get turned on. All right, this has been an amazing saga, a worldwide, <laughs> literally like Trevor. Intercontinental. Yeah. Another long, juicy one. This has been you're like the hunky talk man. You're the greatest intercontinental uh, champion of all time. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm bad. You're, you're cocky. You're I'm bad. bad. <laughs> you're slick back at all kind of girls in your pink hat. Uh, Trevor Borden, Sitnik Kennedy Onassis, <laughs> Kazoo Cheddar, throwing it down here on SBO, the Sewer Box Office podcast. For Trevor, for uh, the lovely and talented Susan Gunn. Good evening. I'm Raphael Saray, baby, saying good night and good podcasting. All right. Ta da! <laughs>